This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Of course, we'll take your calls about whatever you want. And... uh, Outside of that, we'll talk about things that might be interesting to you, including Cuba. Cuba. Havana. The story is from Reuters, where Cuba has ordered all state enterprises to adopt extreme measures to cut energy usage through the end of the year in hopes of avoiding the dreaded blackouts that plagued the country following the 1991 collapse of its then-top ally, the Soviet Union. Now, what it just kind of makes me wonder, how long until we see similar uh, tactics in California? I mean, they got blackouts in California, so maybe um, we'll see something like this. Let me explain. Well, yeah, you, I, you're going to have to explain, because I don't understand why there are blackouts in Cuba when the Soviet Union went away. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> no idea just... how these two pieces, these two facts are related. <laughs> in documents seen by Reuters, government officials have been warned that the island is facing a critical energy shortage that requires the closing of non-essential factories and workshops and the shutting down of air conditioners and refrigerators not needed to preserve food and medicine. So for those of you who don't know, living in Cuba without an air conditioner, uh, maybe not in, in November and December, but it's still good and hot there in November yeah, and December. I bet. Um, I, it, I just spoke to somebody who's in Sarasota, Sarasota, Florida now, which is you know quite a few uh, degrees of latitude a little higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and Quite a few. Yeah, quite a few. They haven't turned their air conditioner off. It is hot living without an air conditioner in, in these you know tropical areas. Cuba has cut government spending and slashed imports after being hit hard by the global financial crisis and the cost of recovering from three hurricanes that struck last year. The energy situation we face is critical, and if we don't adopt extreme measures, we have to revert to planned blackouts affecting the population, according to their Council of Ministers. Company directors will analyze the activities that will be stopped and others reduced, leaving only those that guarantee exports, substitution of imports, and basic services for the population. President Raul Castro is said to be intent on not repeating the experience of the 1990s when the demise of the Soviet Union and the loss of its steady oil supply caused frequent electricity blackouts and hardship for the Cuban public. The directives follow government warnings in the summer that too much energy was being used and blackouts would follow if consumption wasn't reduced. Now, of course, we just saw a story recently coming out of California where California uh, bureaucrats were talking about banning large screen television sets. So they have a energy crisis out there too. It's just not as bad as Cuba, I suppose. And today, I mean, right. as government grows larger in the United States and more oppressive and and gets um, you know, uh, more intrusive into your life, well, these things are going to happen because the government has never managed anything well. Right, and in this case, you're dealing with a state-controlled power monopoly. And you can imagine that in Cuba, it's even more controlled than a power monopoly would be here in the United States. I mean, here at least they're probably run by private companies in most in most cases, the power companies. Even though you only have one to choose from, it's privately run. So it's uh, Mary Ruart's book, Healing Our World, where she she kind of lays out the, the, the different levels of control and how ineffective they are. Of course, the most ineffective is and, and she has a term for it, but it's escaping me at the moment. But the most ineffective is, of course, a government monopoly. I mean, you just can't get more ineffective than that. Uh, beneath that, 
at the next level, slightly more effective, but still pretty darn ineffective, is a government, is a government granted monopoly. Monopoly, exactly. Me. And that's you know basically the power company or the cable company or some company. Usually they have something that runs along the side of the road, be it pipes or uh, or or wires, and that's how it is that their monopoly is granted. Can you imagine how difficult it might be in Cuba to say put up a windmill? <laughs> or to uh, to put solar panels up or something like that I to do that, something alternative. I don't. I have no idea, but I'll bet you that no, the, I don't the either. biggest the biggest detriment in the area is, uh, in fact, the money to do it. Because yeah, there's when, that when you when you're dealing with a poor nation that went communist, they don't really have the opportunity to get rich. In our situation, we have a, a nation that is quite wealthy that's slowly going socialist. I shouldn't have said communist. I should have said socialist because there's no such thing as communism. It's it's fantasy. So um, in our case, our nation is going slowly socialist, and it used to be more free, and so therefore it was quite wealthy. And and so there's a there's a lot of money still to leech sure. um, that the government can get and waste and and you know spend and and you know whatever much more wealthy. Yeah. yeah. And whereas Cuba never had the money to lose in the first place. And we're talking about a place where the government decides if you get to sell your house or not. We're talking about a place where uh, you don't really even own your own home in Cuba. I mean, so how do you add something to a home that you really don't have true control over? I mean, sure, we don't really own our homes here in, in America. It's all an illusion because, well... The property taxes, if they aren't paid, they'll take your house from you. But we have more freedom. We have more leeway uh, mm -hmm. with the, the properties that we occupy uh, in this country than they do down there. So it must be very, very difficult to provide alternative uh, energies for yourself down there, which means you're pretty much stuck with whatever Raul Castro and his buddies decide to give you. And in this case, they're saying, time to cut back. Uh, the provincial governments and most state-run offices and factories, which encompassed 90% of Cuba's economic activity, were ordered in June to reduce energy use by a minimum of 12% or face mandatory electricity cuts. And you know what? It's interesting that uh, they, point out, they point out here that state-run offices and factories, uh, provincial governments, state-run offices and factories are 90% of their economic activity. Isn't that sad? Now, the I government doesn't produce anything. I mean, right. and if it does produce something, I, I guess I shouldn't say that. The government, what it does produce, it produces inefficiently in, um, you know, it, in a marketplace that doesn't have the right incentives for, well, what needs to be produced and what it should be uh, sold at and all that other stuff. So Right. Now, here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we are, um, sure, there's some big old box superstores, but there's a lot of mom and pop businesses. Now, I don't know what the breakdown is, and I'd be curious to find out. You know, what, what is the economic breakdown as far as uh, economic activity between mom-and-pop stores in the United States versus some of the big box superstore retailers? I mean, who's doing the most business? Is it small business that does the most business in this, in they, this country? They say that small business is the, the backbone, the cornerstone, and all that other stuff. That's what I've heard. employer and all that other stuff. I, I, I don't, don't know what the numbers are, but I can tell you uh, it's probably not... I mean, it's, the government isn't spending 90% of the, the money in this country. I wouldn't. Not even close. So just a big, just, just a backwards place. The measures appear to resolve the crisis uh, as state-run press published stories about the amount of energy that had been saved and the dire warnings died down. The only explanation given for the earlier warnings was that Cuba was consuming more fuel than the government had money to pay for. Situation isn't as dire as the 90s because Cuba receives 93,000 barrels per day of crude oil, almost two-thirds of what it consumes from Venezuela, pays for the oil by providing its energy-rich ally with medical personnel and other professionals. 
They've been grappling with the economic downturn, which has slashed revenues from key exports, dried up credit, and reduced foreign investment. Of course, if the United States would uh, undo its embargo or its sanctions, whatever you want to call it, uh, then maybe the Cuban people could do a little better because right now they can't do business with the biggest customer in the world. They're certainly not stopping Raul Castro from getting cigars and living whatever lifestyle he wants to live. He gets that. Oh, so yeah. The, 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 and, and the people high up in the Cuban government, they're getting what they want. So it doesn't make any sense to have this embargo on the Cuban people. What has it done? What has it been successful in doing? The, those people clearly haven't um, risen up and, and struck back at their communist betters or whatever. So why continue this 40-year-old, 45-year-old embargo that doesn't it's, – it's not doing anything except right. making life miserable for, um, for people in the United States and in Cuba. There are people that could be uh, making money exporting and importing things from Cuba and, and Americans who could be enjoying Cohiba cigars and, uh, yeah, and, and all and, kinds of stuff. And they could be making contacts with American business people and they can uh, you know learn from that and they can uh, make money and, and they could do all of those things. In fact, it's my understanding that Raul Castro is a little less contr- of, a, of a control freak than his brother was. I don't know how much less, but a little less. I've heard a few stories about some of the things he's lightened up on, uh, farmers being allowed to you know, decide to plant their own crops or something like that. Uh, so if you were to, if the United States government were to back off on the, their, their damn sanctions, maybe there'd be a little bit of a boom for the, the Cuban people. But the U.S. government doesn't care. They're not, they're not compassionate. They've got nothing to lose. They, they don't give a damn. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Libby's 100% Pure Pumpkin. Learn how to give everyday recipes a nutritional boost with the power of pumpkin at VeryBestBaking.com. When choosing fruits and vegetables, orange or yellow are your best bets. Vegetables like butternut squash, pumpkin, or yellow peppers are rich in nutrients that are linked with lower risks of certain cancers and heart disease. On the fruit side, cantaloupe, bananas, and oranges offer the same benefits, plus one more. Kids love them. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. We give ours away at freetalklive.com. Now, at Manchester Brewing, our John Thomas Red really melts in your mouth. Manchesterbrewing.com. Our number here, 800-259-9231. As we continue, take your phone calls. Andy's in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Andy. Hey, guys. Hey, Andy. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, this is a show about anything, right? It can be, if you choose it. Uh, okay, I'll start with a little trivia. Um... You know, when government people invent things, they're really uh, creative and uh, uh, innovative, right? <laughs> well, government invents things? Okay. Well, in a manner of speaking, government sort of invented the interstate freeway system, highway system. You're aware of that, right? Okay, you okay. Some of those. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I well, call it innovative. I mean, <laughs> it's just a freeway, <laughs> right? And well, it's a big one. The, the moral of the story is... When bureaucrats innovate, they tend toward depravity or inefficiency 
And it's at least one of the two. And the, the detail is, if you look at the interstate highway system that came up with an idea that the freeways that run north and south will get odd numbers, and the ones that run east and west will get even numbers. Doesn't seem like a terrible idea. Absolute genius. It is. It is. It's awesome. It's crazy. I don't know about that. But <laughs> there is one interstate freeway that goes both ways. Really? Okay. Can you guess what the number is? Zero? Sixty-nine. <laughs> okay. It's kind of funny. Is that a, is that a joke? Should I have a well, rim shot ready? Well, no, you never have it ready, so what's the difference? No, you're right, I don't. Anyway, <laughs> I was thinking about this reputation thing that Mark hates to talk about. Yeah. Um, and really, if, if you look at it from the point of view where you would be standing in the future, reputation would be an incentive towards common decency. I agree. I think it is today. That, are, that wouldn't that aren't necessarily, you know, you're you're injuring somebody, you're stealing something, but at the same time, you find offensive or distasteful or are not interested in or whatever your reason is. Yeah, Those I agree. reputation I... ratings, people would people would know what sort of reputation that people had, and and it would not only it, it, when you say common decency. What it would promote would be that people that have the same values would move to the same areas based on what those people's reputations are like. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think, but I think that happens to a smaller. So common decency, common decency in one place could be totally different from what common decency is 50 miles away from that place. But yes, both groups are happy because. They know the kind of people that they're living around, mm-hmm. and they're okay with it. And the current system doesn't promote that. All it does is give you a criminal record, which is just a record of all the times that you violated things that people wrote on paper and voted in. You know, um, to some extent, what you're talking about here is uh, is is um, not taking into account human nature. The um, largest percentage of people, and I can't tell you what the number is, but it's a prohibitively large number of people um, in the United States, uh, the, one of the wealthiest country the world has ever seen, uh, live within 50 miles of the place that they were born. Human beings tend not to move and migrate. They tend to stay, the sa- stay in the same place. Even, even if that's the case. And it is. People that are given the choice. Would tend would tend to migrate if if the standards that people lived under varied according to what those people felt was right, as opposed to a uniform code of conduct, which is what people live under currently. Well, I don't know the, what you mean by tend, but I would uh, use as an example how many black people live in uh, places like rural Mississippi, rural Alabama, uh, rural South Carolina. But places that many of us would consider to be inhospitable to somebody who is black. However, that's what where does, they've continued wait, whoa, 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 whoa. to stay. And black. That was, what, what, does, what does black people have to do with it? You were saying that people would tend to move towards some place where they would be more free. And I'm telling you, I'm giving no, you no, examples. No, no, no. I'm saying people would tend, would tend to, people would tend to group themselves according to 
the kind of people that they like to be around. I see that happening. I think you're right. I mean, it happens today. You've got people moving into gated communities that, you know, they all have similar values about what, uh, how high the plant should be in their front yard. And, and the ab- in the absence of criminal records and uniform commercial code, or, or I'm sorry, criminal code, that kind of an interaction with fellow people as far as what are, what are the things that, that they've done that people have found offensive, and, and, and that's, you know, everybody would be a lot more, it would be a lot more. The beach bums move out to uh, to the beach in California, California. The Mormons move to, to Utah. I think that this the is... The Mormons went to Utah to get away from religious persecution, and they haven't left. So Utah yeah. is a good example of what we're not talking about, because the people that li- many people live in Utah think that the, the, the over-restrictive social conventions there suck, but they still live there. Well, I, uh, as long as government is attached to geographic uh, f- fixtures, you're going to have uh, people being, uh, you know, not having liberty. I think that the if you're looking for liberty, um, I can't remember what the caller's name is. Andy. Andy. You need to look at something more like panarchy, where a person gets to choose what governmental system they want to have. It isn't entirely um, unprecedented what? in history. What was the... What was the, what was the term you just defined where people get to choose what, what pan was the term? panarchy as in like pan-american panarchy um and panarchy. is that what you said yes pan like panarchy, i've been hit in the head with a pan the kind of government they want that's correct is it yes that's what that means now panarchy means you get to choose the kind of government you want panarchy yes p-a-n Panarchy. Pan. As I'm hitting you in the head with a pan means that you get to choose what kind of government that you want. Well, what if I don't want any? I suppose people will probably tear you from limb from limb and steal all of your stuff. Just Why a guess. Why would you do that? What, have I, what would I have done to them by choosing not to be controlled? You would be the, the same as an animal to them. And they currently tear animals limb from limb and eat them and take everything that they have. Okay, well, considering panarchy um, is isn't... This, is, Free Talk Live? I'm sorry? What? Is this Free Talk Live? Yeah. And the host is telling me that anarchy is the kind of... Okay, I don't know how many times we can say it. Okay, one more time. This is a spelling bee, all right? I'm going to spell panarchy for you. P, as in Paul. A, Ah. as in... Listen to me. N, as in you're not. (laughs) Panarchy. Thanks, Andy, for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I personally don't know much about panarchy, but uh, there's your... You just used it, so now I've heard of it. Uh, 800-259-9231. I don't know if that's going to be coming about anytime soon, but I still think that Andy's generally right, that people do tend toward uh, moving toward like interests. I mean, that's why gated neighborhoods exist. It's Free Talk Live. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast, and at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Uh, and all the se- uh, the features on the site you will find are free. They include the archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're yours free on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. And the Totasac. Totasac.com, T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com. The place to go to learn more about this brilliant little handle. It's been made of 100% recycled materials right here in the U.S. It'll help you bring back those grocery bags from the car. For me, it's one trip. I bring all the the grocery bags in one fell swoop. They're amazing. They really increase your ability to carry more stuff easier. And you it's can go to Christmas shopping time. Yep. Uh, you know, it might be a good idea to carry it along with you when you're doing shopping if you have a bunch of stuff. Absolutely. Totasac, they carry more than you can, a lot more. Totasac.com. As we continue with your phone calls about what you want, Bill's in Wisconsin. <coughs> and he's coughing. Bill, you're on Free Talk. Oh, sorry about that. That's all right. Totally, uh, totally just threw a cough over your airspace tonight. No problem. What's on your mind tonight, Bill? Um, I heard you guys talking about panarchy, and uh, you know, I, I think that government is necessarily uh, limited by geographic location. I'm sure it's uh, volunteerist, libertarian, anarchist, whatever you want to call yourself, um, that you're familiar with the homesteading principle. Um, what is that? Can you explain? Essentially, if, if, well, yeah, okay. If, uh, did you say, can I explain it? Yeah. Okay, the homesteading principle essentially is that uh, we own ourselves, and if we are on, say, a deserted island, um, and I find a tree that bears fruit, me just picking that fruit, well, since I've added my labor to that fruit through picking it, it's my fruit, but it is not my tree. However, if I plant uh, more trees and till the soil, blah, 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 then that soil, all of that, everything that I imbue with my labor becomes mine. That is the origin of property. It's the, the homesteading principle is the origin of property. Now, now when that's and, the case, so let me jump in with a question yeah. here. When you till the land, you plant the trees, you take care of them, you water, you know, you kind of tend yeah. to them, mm-hmm. uh, they are yours. But at what point do they stop becoming yours? Like if you move to a different part of the island um, and, you know, you don't come back for six months. <clears throat> what... Well, I mean, that all gets into common law and the economics of law and when is it efficient for the property that it's abandoned to be lost, and that all becomes a matter of, of dispute and arbitration. But um, Let the market decide. And, that, and that's, all, that's all based on opinion. Got so, it. Um, it, it really, I mean, technically, if, if you want to argue it, you could say not until you die, not until you say so, blah, blah, blah. But let's, let's I'd say that, that historically it would be not until I come with a gun and take it from you is probably. <laughs> well, yeah, and that, and that brings up another point is there's two types of ownership in the world, only two. There is property and territory. And property is to volunteerism as territory is to coercion. Hmm. Currently, government owns all the land. They do. Yes. And I've had this discussion with other people, and they say, oh, no, they don't. That would be, that would be socialism. I say, well, yeah, they own it, but they own it as territory. And what we as volunteerists want is for government to follow the same rules as the rest of society. And the way they could do that is by owning land as property, by owning service rights and selling leases, and essentially being in the business of providing government services. And, sure. you know, people value government. That's, that's a necessary condition. Otherwise, it wouldn't exist. So obviously they have a service to sell, but currently they're they're not just embracing that and then selling it on the market because they don't want to compete because they, as an institution, have had the monopoly over the use of force for what uh, you know a thousand years. Yeah, why would they want to give that up? Exactly. Well, and, and you know, and that's why I think 
uh, you know, that's why I like the Free State Project so much, is that you know, it's a real chance to explore the idea of community as a business and to get a voluntary society rolling because I really do think that if you guys can get this thing taking off and, you know, once they get a little bit older and, I, I mean, quite frankly, the only reason I'm not moving out there now is because, you know, I'm, you know, as a, you know, as a selfish human being, I just want to get out there and make a ton of money and, uh, you know, and then maybe I'll move there, but I'm still going to be fighting for the cause. I'm making that, fine uh, money up here. What, what, what makes you think that people make poor money in New Hampshire? Oh, because I want to. I'm gonna be like opening factories in Mexico and and, and stuff like that. But, okay. Yeah. Wow. Cool. But I think that once the voluntary society is enacted, once you have that, the capital markets are just gonna speak. That's that's gonna be what it is. It's gonna be a, a, a no. It's gonna be a free trade zone. There's gonna be no sort of taxes. You know, you're gonna have governments here and there, but they're gonna be competing. So taxes are gonna be pushed. Is that, is that panarchy? Taxes. Is that panarchy where the, where, really where the governments active. where the governments compete? Right. Is that panarchy, Mark? It, it would be if the governments are not uh, tied to uh, geographic areas. Which That's... is impossible because people look at government. You know, most people call it government, but they really mean community. You know, they want an institution to provide roads. Uh, you know, most people want want roads, uh, police, fire, and schools. Some people also want health care and this and that and the other thing. And the market would decide, and people would live in different geographic locations based on what they value. I don't know that that's necessarily true. I mean, um, it, it seems what? to me that... Uh, you don't know if what is necessarily true. That the statement you made that it is impossible for people to um, have governments uh, governing them that aren't attached to geographic areas. Well, um, okay, yeah, they could, have a, they could have like a supervisor that lives in Japan that gives them work to do, but that... That would be sort of government, government in the incarnation of, of your, of your supervisor, like a, like a, you know, your, the person who tells you what to do at work. But I, I just I'm don't see sure how you could, you're talking how you could supply roads and such things. Why, why is it you that know, a government like, has to supply roads? I can't drive roads. on roads in Tokyo if I'm living in Madison. Sure. Why is it that a government has to supply roads? I, I don't think it does. However, most people. Okay, people value government, right? You understand all the objectivist value, value for value theory, right? People value government. That is a necessary condition. If they didn't, it wouldn't exist. Sure. Period. So most people think that a community should should have roads because you have the economic problem of of you know how do you how do you have these roads? Who pays for them? How does that work? Well, it's a it's a group of people, and this is where I come back to the homesteading principle. If you have a group of people who go to a place and they say, we're going to build a bunch of roads, we're going to hire a security force and a fire department, and, heck, we're so wealthy, we're even going to build some schools and libraries and blah, 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 you know, maybe a hospital or two. You know, say these people are, you know, super wealthy, and they build all this stuff, and then they say to the world, come live here, and you can lease the land from us. And we'll call it taxes because you're so familiar with that word. But it, it'll be a voluntary transaction. There'll be contracts involved. And then they can pass all sorts of silly laws if they want. You have to hop on one foot on Thursdays to get anywhere you want to go. Yep. You, know, you can't smoke marijuana. I think both of those things are equally silly. So you know, all of those things would then be based on voluntary interactions. And the reason that government is necessarily based on your geographic location is because Government services are are just are just that they have to be 
based on a geographical location, based on what most people yeah, think Yeah, but at the same is. time, you well, could also have competing fire departments. You right. could have you're, competing We're talking protection. about a theoretical future here, and you're just pla- you're placing all kinds of uh, arb- your arbitrary values on what this theoretical future is going to look like. I mean, one could have said the same thing 300 years ago, that there's no way that religions can coexist in the same geographic vicinity. It just can't be done. The Calvinists will be killing the Quakers. The uh, is- Islamic people will be... Uh, oh, they waging- did kill the Quakers. Yeah, they did. At one time. And the Islamic people would be waging jihads on everybody and blah, 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 blah. No. Yeah, but that's different because the services that they provide exist inside of one building. The services that government provide have to cover specific People's religions are, um, theoretically, people's religions uh, go throughout their entire lives. I mean, everywhere I go, my religion goes with me. Um, and the, the, the a government isn't required to build a road. Now, clearly, no. there's going to be have to be a, um, a shift in paradigm. Okay, so but we already currently have many communities that uh, build roads for themselves. And yes, they could very well start putting arbitrary rules on themselves. I understand that, but that's simply because they're working under the paradigm of, you know, government controls land masses uh, currently. And there was a time in human history when we couldn't imagine how we could get things done without slave labor. Now we can imagine it. There simply needs to be an evolution towards the ideas of liberty. Uh, I don't think that if, uh, you know, uh, the idea that you are that you have to be married to governments and landmass doesn't make any sense to me. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com slash PK. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI and Jason Osborne, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Now, if you like this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, one of the ways you can do that is by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as $3 a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. You can head over to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up with PayPal or any major credit card or some of our alternative payment options. It's all there for you at amp.freetalklive.com, and you'll learn about the perks you get access to, like the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, amp-only podcast, and more. It's all there for you at amp.freetalklive.com. Right back to your phone calls. We go to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Ah, good evening, guys. Hey, Frank. Yeah, Let's... I just wanted to say that I enjoyed uh, uh, Bill's uh, theoretical model, but I wanted to raise a few points. The mm-hmm. first is I think right now there's a global uh, capital crisis, and we're seeing that not only in the United States but in Europe and also Asia. However, Asia is doing much better than Europe or the United States, primarily China and Japan. Uh, Singapore, but they tend to have their markets and their 
trade zones already set up and their exemptions from the new legislation such as the cap and trade that will affect Europe and the United States. Number two, uh, there's no guarantee that a free market ever existed in the history of the world. In fact, it's an illusion. And we can go back to Adam Smith. Remember, Adam Smith was the uh, was actually a political philosopher, uh, in a sense. He really wasn't an economist. And he didn't believe in just letting things happen, too. He believed in regulation. A lot of people, when they read, uh, you know, uh, Adam Smith's work, uh, they tend to negate that and only go for, you know, the notion of the free market. Smith never believed in a free market, that the market determined things. He believed there had to be a specific responsibility and regulation to some extent. Uh, and thirdly, uh, historically, we've always noticed that even if one has adequate capital, a good idea, but if there's no government or there's no other party, you tend to have sort of special interests take over, whether it's organized crime. If we look back at the ancient Chinese societies, the origin of the Tong organization goes back about 1,100 years, and you still see that, you know, in China with a number of families uh, if you're build, if, not only in China right now do you have to negotiate with the government, but you have to also negotiate with those sort of invisible uh, uh, factors. And we have that in the United States. I mean, just think of uh, uh, if you wanted to do business in New Jersey or New York City, you have to deal with the garbage and the private garbage contractors. And most firms still, you know, even though. It's you know it's illegal under the law. Most people pay for protection, whether you have your pizza parlor or your little business. Really? Oh, really? And most most people in are... New York are paying the mob for protection. Oh, absolutely. Just go most back business to owners? Rodney, Rodney Dangerfield's movie Back to School. Well, I don't know if citing Rodney Dangerfield with the professor <laughs> how we do business in Ronnie Ron you know. Uh, says, oh, well, what about you have to pay off the union guys, and you have to pay off the mob, and you have to pay off this to get this. Now, is this only in New York, Frank? Is this only in New York? That goes on all the time. It goes on all the time everywhere goes, or only in New York? It goes on in every city. It goes on in San Francisco, and it goes on in L.A. So now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you don't have Frank. a government, that everyone's going to behave themselves is nonsense. And historically, well, if Frank, we look at the Frank, United Frank, States... Frank, 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 hang, hang on here a second. Okay. Wait, if wait, we look wait, at the wait United... a minute, wait a minute, Frank. I want to cl clarify what you've been saying. So you're saying that you have to pay the mob, or when you call it the are you when you are you calling the bank the mob, or are you just no? We're dealing with let's say organized crime. So you're, it's your understood. it's your allegation that business owners in New York City are all paying protection money to the mob. Well, it depends. It depends what business you're in. But the point is, you know, yes, sadly that's a fact. And start to Google it and look at the research. And I mean, this stuff goes on all the time: extortion, racketeering. But mm -hmm. what I want to say is this. Well, you know, if that's true, Frank, hang, hang on. United hang States, on. I know you want to get to something else. But, but if no, that's no, I, wa true. I want to make my case about government, right. uh, how when the United States was chartered and corporations were chartered originally until the 1880s and 1890s, uh, uh, the government would allow for a corporation or an entity to exist, but it had to prove that it had a, uh, a common good for the community, for the state, for the country. And that was sort of, uh, you know, how the system went until the uh, industrial era of the uh, 1880s, 1870s through uh, 
the 1890s. When well, you thank had, goodness. Who, you, when you you're saying you have to prove interest. to a bureaucrat that you your business with, was worthwhile? Is that what you're saying? No, no. What I'm saying is this. Historically, when the United States was chartered and when it became a nation, if you wanted to have a corporation, it wasn't to have a, an endless lifetime. It was chartered for about 10 years. And it was John D. Rockefeller, when he started his Standard Oil Trust, that he started to lobby states. Well, and I, said, hey, I personally I could give a damn about corporations, Frank, because corporations are, just, corporations are just creations of the state that essentially protect businessmen from liability. So I'm, I'm no fan of... the corporations in the United States had to serve a public good. Uh, yeah, see, I know. After. What about a business? What, what about just a business? Like, what if I don't want a corporation? Could I just get a business and then not have to worry about a corporation? Sure, you can do that, but that's all dealt with. That's done on a state by state basis. Is, you know, at least that's what I'm aware of. So you see, can be a see, sole I don't care about corporations. I think corporations are a bad idea. Corporations personally. are given by state governments now. Correct. Yeah, and corporations I, give you the liability whereby you don't have to deal with liability. But right, I think that's a problem. Personally, I find much I, more in taxes to have that protection. Yeah, I, I personally find that a problem. Now, what I want to ask you here, Frank, is you're, what you're pointing out is your claim, if it's to be to be believed, is that the the mafia or some sort of criminal gang outside of government is actually extracting money, protection money, from business owners in New York City and New Jersey. And, oh, absolutely. And, okay, okay, you know, we're going to take your word for it. We've got no way to verify that. But well, do what, some what research. I, Google. Fine, fine, Frank. I don't they can call me. Taking your word for it, okay? But okay. what I want to point out is that the existence of the government, the other criminal gang that forcibly extracts money from every business owner in New York City, isn't protecting them from the mafia, so that's no, correct. So what's the reason for having the government? It's just an additional criminal gang. Wouldn't it be better to just pay the mafia than to have to pay the mafia and the government? Well, no, because ultimately, <laughs> you know, the individual, well, it depends, I guess. I mean, there are people that do that. Now, why is it the mafia isn't operating here in Keene, New Hampshire? I mean, there's business owners here. They know. could extract money from I don't know what, what goes on in Keene. But let's say if you, uh, let's just do an well, I mean, example. the protection extraction game would work anywhere you go, right? I Correct. mean, they threaten somebody with violence uh, or they pay up. And you also have it in Japan, whereby you have to deal with not only the government, but you have uh, – Hidden organizations that you know. Uh, well, what you're uh, saying to me isn't. What you're saying to me is you have not given me any reason to keep governments around, Frank. Because what you're saying is that in the existence of the, even under the existence of governments, these mafia are still successfully extracting money from, uh, according to you, every single business in. Not, not every city. single business, but let's say there's certain businesses that, uh, let's say you know, I want to, I want to, you know. Uh, do cement work, or I want to have a pizza parlor in mm -hmm. Brooklyn, or I'm a Chinese restaurant in Chinatown. You know, if I want to keep my business the way it is, you know, there's certain additional costs there. Right, that, so you if know, you don't want a firebomb being thrown through your front window, you Not pay that. off the mob. You just get angry students, get young people to come in and rip the place apart. But if you pay your protection money, oh, that's not going to happen. How nice. Well, in the case of uh, the, the cement worker, I mean, basically, you're going to have, it's going to be a union issue, and union essentially is... Um, well, it's interesting. It always work. was in New York up until now. It used to be that New York construction 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 98% union. Now it's about 5% union. So really? the you have 95% of the construction going on now residential that's non-union. And that's a tremendous change. Uh, and that's due to the uh, economics of the situation. You know, and the people that had the political power that could 
change the laws that existed. I mean, it, it, it's very interesting. But my theory is this, or my concern would be this. Without government to at least uh, keep the law, uh, you're going to have a lawless society. That's and, not you true. Know, it's, the, That's the not true, Frank. The has the power no, and the Frank. muscle is going to dominate. Frank, see... I'm not going to make those arguments um, because I believe that we have to get there slowly and show people this. This all all this projection as to what the world will be like is really, uh, it, you know, just a, a lot of people wishing in a well, and you have to get there slow, slowly, step by step, in order to show people. We have to change people's hearts and minds to understand that the government is an unnecessary uh, force. And, and as you've pointed out, your See, own I arguments, Frank. I think it's necessary Frank, on a basic no, level. No, as you've already made the point that it's it's not doing anything to protect these business owners from the mob extracting money from them. So they're, they're not protecting you from anything. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Do you want two gangs forcibly extracting money from you or just one? I think we need a bananarchy. <laughs> All right, more on the way here. Hour number two is coming up. Personally, I prefer zero. It's Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program, and you can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, right to your phone calls. And then we'll talk about health care. But first, it's Rich in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Rich. Rich. Hello, gang. Hey, you're on the air. Yes, I have a message on this Veterans Day as a veteran. Back in 1982, I joined the Marines when I was a high school senior. I was a good product of the public fool system. Mm-hmm. And... I joined with the understanding that I was going to be protecting America from the big bad commies over there. That's yes. right, preserving freedom and all that. That's right. You know, the the Soviet Union and the Chinese and North Korea and so on and so forth. Well, little did I realize at the time, but while I was supposedly protecting America from the big bad commies over there, our own government was quietly and incrementally 
implementing all ten planks <laughs> of the Communist Manifesto right here at home. They're darn close. I know that we went through them a, a couple of years ago on the show, and it's something we do from time to time. But I think when we counted it up, wasn't it like seven and a half out of ten, Mark, or something like that that we, we determined? We were, were trying to be as, uh, as as strict as one could be with the rating system, as we, as strict as we could be with the the rating system. And I think Rich is probably being a little more liberal. And it's been a couple of years, you know. Yeah, they may have hit eight or nine planks by this point. I, I don't think they quite implemented all ten planks all the way, uh, but we're getting pretty close here in this country. Right. That's why I say implementing. Yeah. Ah, yes. Not, not necessarily a fait accompli. Another uh, way of putting it is that. When I joined, I took this oath to preserve and protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And, of course, little did I know at the time that the foreign governments are not the enemy to, our, to the Constitution. Pretty much, no, they're not. No, it's, it's, the, it's our own government. They, they take an oath to uphold and, and follow this Constitution. It's, a, it's basically a rule book for the for the government, mm-hmm. and they're not following it. So they are the enemies of the Constitution, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you're absolutely right, but what will happen if, as a soldier, you go in and try to arrest the uh, you know, the congressman? <laughs> well, if I do it all by myself, it probably wouldn't go over too well. Exactly. Nope, not too well. Yeah. Now, you, you understand that, that there's this organization called the Oath Keepers. Yes. yes. Yeah, you've probably mentioned that on this show. I don't think I'm the best spokesman for the Oath Keepers, because I'm not the guy who is in charge of it, but I am a member, and the basic idea is it's for for current and former military and law enforcement and, and I believe, fire, firefighters as well. Basically, saying, reiterating that they will uphold the oath and they will not obey any orders that are counter to the Constitution. And, of course, they've got a whole list of things that of of orders that they will not obey, such as rounding people up and and uh, forcing them to undergo vaccinations, and and so on and so forth. And is the drug war on that list? I haven't seen it myself. I doubt it is. I doubt it too. Um, I don't know about the drug war itself. No. Well, that's already um, some very lost ground at this point. I think yeah. Oath Keepers is, is an organization about keeping the ground that we currently have as opposed to gaining new ground. I'm, you know, I, I certainly don't agree with the drug war. However, I, I, I think that Oath Keepers is doing what they can at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. And it can be easily found online. Just uh, type in – just do a search for Oath Keepers. I forget the exact uh, – like, yeah, it's, it seems to be growing in popularity, and I think it's something that's worth pointing out. If you've got loved ones, uh, people that are friends or family that, that are in the military or are um, police officers, it's something to point them towards. And I thank you, Rich, for pointing it out tonight, and thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. We continue with your phone calls and go to Scott in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Hi, Ian and uh, Mark. How you doing tonight? Good, sir. Hello, sure. Scott. Hey, What's on I your mind? The- I, I, our economy is doing real good, isn't it? Hey, um, uh, it could I got be an worse. email um, from Lord Christopher Mockatin. I don't know if you heard of this guy, but he's a former advisor for the uh, policy for former British Prime Minister and President Reagan and Lady Margaret Thatcher. Okay. Um, you guys aware of this uh, Copenhagen Climate Treaty uh, coming in uh, December between the 7th through the 18th? Nothing good going on there in Copenhagen. 
Well, you're exactly right. Um, I'll give you some some of the things that if uh, our man, the the man at the helm here signs, uh, you can pretty much say goodbye to our sovereignty of our our country. What is uh, um, sovereignty anyway? What's that mean? Well, our freedom. Uh, well, we don't really have freedom anyway. Well, it's that's right. Gone. It's getting totally taken away. But here's here's a couple things. Um, this thing gets signed. Uh, it says. Limit personal consumption of energy of law and cost, loss of freedom, hyper energy cost, inflation. All goods what does and that mean? materials to become more expensive, double digit inflation. And check this one out. Why would they? Why would they? Why would they point that out? Out in public? Why would? Why would they be planning to double digit to engage in double digit inflation? I mean, you're saying that they're just putting that right out there. Well, th- this was uh, sent to me from out east, a guy that is uh, t- on top of this. Um, in fact, he spoke up, this uh, Lord Christopher Moccasin spoke up in Minnesota um, about a month back on this ordeal. Okay, um, so you're saying was, this is a climate treaty where, that, where correct, they believe, or so this is his interpretation. He believes that whatever they're doing with this treaty will create double-digit inflation. And he's probably right. And then, and here's here's a couple more. Transporta- transportation to become more expensive, ten dollars per gallon of gas. Okay. I mean, obviously, the climate tra- change uh, treaty is going to want to do some do something about all these uh, carbon producing machines because they've made carbon the big deal when it comes to climate change. However, it isn't by any stretch the worst of the greenhouse um, gases. But I can't see. I, I I can see exactly what he's talking about. Ten dollar gas would probably be cheap in some areas. All right, Scott. So so very scary. So what do you want to do about it? Well, the thing is, is um. Uh, this is uh, coming down to the one world government, um, and I you know really you think that's got, possible? I, I know you guys got your little thing going up there, you know. But the bottom line is, what a, the, the seriousness of this is: if this gets signed, you can say goodbye to our nation. Thank goodness. Now, this is not the way I want to see it go, Ian. That's true. I don't know why you say that dumb crap. I just like the idea of the United States going away. I don't want to. Look, there are a lot worse governments in the world, and what they're proposing to do is they're proposing to horn in on where the government, where the United States is. The UN is not an organization that we want in the United States. No, I. Well, they're already in the United States. They already have buildings here and stuff. But I don't want them here. No, That's I don't. Right. I don't either. I don't either. want it, him here either. No, I, I don't is, either. Now, what? Now, are you saying this is a UN thing? I'm saying that this is a part of the European Union over there that will make the rules for all the nations. I see. Because they're all going to be there. So you know what the problem is, though, Scott. The, the problem is Americans will go along with it. So really, I mean, does it matter if the rules are coming from Washington D.C. or if the rules are coming from The Hague? Uh, you know, do, does it really matter if Americans are the ones that are the that are the ones implementing and enforcing them? If it's Americans, American business owners that are the ones bowing down and obeying them? I mean, who cares where the rules come from? We already know that the Washington D.C. bureaucrats are completely unaccountable, and they don't give a damn about what you believe and what you want. Well, they're so. they're not completely unaccountable when you compare them to the United Nations. I didn't yeah. vote for Boutros Boutros Ghali. I didn't vote for Ococo. So will you follow his organ his uh, organization and his leadership, or will you follow his uh, his rules? I don't know what the, uh, the you know the situation is and what the penalty is. If they're going to come in and kill my family, yeah, I think I'll follow. 
Thanks for the call tonight, Scott. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Well, death is uh, not necessarily the worst of all evils, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Global government, though, don't really think that's economically viable. We'll come back and talk about it. Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. So, uh, we just got off the phones, and there are other people hanging on. I just wanted to comment a little further on what Scott was getting at there in Wisconsin. Uh, Scott was pointing out that there's some sort of international treaty that is, I guess, possibly going to be signed that will, in his, you know, to his understanding, increase costs of gasoline and dramatically inflate the currency. And I think he's very, all kinds very of nasty close things. to what's right. Well, that's what's true. Uh, no reason to disbelieve it, but I don't know. It's, you know, he's just sharing with us a, an email he was forwarded. No, no. So, Look, um, I'm sorry you don't know who Lord Moncton is, and, and I'm sorry Scott couldn't pronounce it properly. However, the guy's real, and the stuff he said is very much real, and that's what's going on in Copenhagen. I see. So, um, so he was talking about global government, and it just doesn't seem like global government's ever going to be a reality. I mean, there may be some countries that band together, some governments that band together to create a larger overarching government, but just to think that you're going to get all, what, 200, 180? I don't know. There are a lot of darn countries out there, uh, geographic land masses governed by, uh, ruled by uh, various different governments. And I don't think you're ever going to get them all on the same page. I don't think you're ever going to bring them all on board with this global government idea because it'll essentially reduce the power of the people that are in charge in those countries. It would uh, reduce their power in favor of the power of the, the global government. What if the United States wanted to take over Canada? What if? Really bad. Well, what would it do? It'd have to do an armed invasion and kill well, off the Canadians. What if it tells the Canadian bureaucrats, "Look, this could go really well, or it could go really poorly. You could get some really good, uh, you know, seats in our new government that we're going to to implement here, and you guys could the the power, you know, our two nations could uh, continue on in the brotherly fashion that they've continued to, and and you will have, uh, you know, air, uh, stations in the government that we that that we." You know, expand into Canada, and we'll have the United States of Canada going on, or you're going to die. I don't know, Mark. It would all depend on how power hungry the politicians were. I mean, some of them might bow down, some of them might decide they want to. Canada's you know, military fight it out. isn't going to be able to handle the United States. The period. ragtag group it. of insurgents in Iraq has managed to handle the United States fairly effectively. So uh, whenever you're attacking, you're at a disadvantage automatically. When you're and geographically close, got... you have a lot of advantages. And um, the, you know... Well, you're talking about taking over the whole world, aren't you? So, so you know, the, the, the United States of Canada, um, you know, they, they, ha- they then secure themselves, and then you go farther and farther. And, you know, know, it seems it, pretty paranoid right. to me. So there's, so there's a one Polynesian island that manages to escape, and somehow your, your scenario doesn't. Yeah, there could be a world government, and 
pretty yes. unlikely. This religious thing that go, is around uh, the the uh, the climate change thing could get quite a few nations on board, and I'm concerned in the same way that Scott's concerned about this same issue. My concern is uh, is the obedience factor. I mean, if it comes down, it's going to be you your fault for uh, for obeying and for going along with whatever the program is. It'll be Americans' fault, as it always has, that government but is getting bigger and it'll likely be American businesses that go along with it, and the average American sure doesn't have a lot, of, uh, a lot of room in that area. I understand that, Mark. <laughs> I understand completely how it will happen uh, in that people will go, do. will go along with it, but they have no one to blame but themselves. So, so don't come. It's like these people that are uh, complaining about the health care thing. They're they're complaining about the oh, government's going to take over health care, and they're right. It would suck. It will be awful if the government uh, gets more involved in health care. Uh, we know what all the consequences will be from that. We know that you know government option will inevitably put all the insurance companies out of business, and then they'll you know they'll absorb them all, and they'll become the one uh, monolithic option, this government monopoly on health care, which will be the next great you know big step uh, towards a total government-run system. I mean, we can all see the writing on the wall there, but it'll only play it'll only play out if Americans go along with it. And so, again, they'll have no one to blame but themselves. And so I've seen the the video footage from somebody like Dave Ridley over at RidleyReport.com interviewing one of the healthcare protesters. And, and, and Dave Ridley suggests to him, well, if this goes through, I understand that you're opposing it now and thank you for doing that. But if it goes through, great. You know, it's great that you're holding your sign and chanting and whatever it is you're doing. But uh, if it goes through, will you go along with it? Would you consider civil disobedience? And, you know, the guy said something to the effect of, no, this is the system we live in. That was, you know, one guy. One guy. But that's the mentality of most of, of, most of America. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll whine, we'll bitch, we'll moan, we'll scream, we'll yell, but we'll never actually do anything substantive to put a stop to this. So as long as you guys are, are going to just keep going along with it, then you'll get what you get. You know, Which might maybe global government. This is this is how slavery worked in, in the time in the South in the time of Chat- Chattel slavery is you know they gave you thing uh, that, that they would give the slave things that they liked and uh, like family things like that and then they were much less likely to be disobedient sure. and uh, something to lose right they've got something to lose and so you know it, it it's it seems to me that. Uh, you know, when the government's got you by the short ones, man. Um, when they when they say that they're going to take your kid away or that they're going to destroy your business, what are you going to do? Let's continue with your phone calls. Um, well, either way, you lose because it, it, first of all, n- n- not necessarily either way you lose. If they come and they take away your business, okay, yeah, you would lose in that particular case. But if they um, if they just keep growing and they keep taking a larger percentage of your money every year and keep ordering you to do more things every single year for them, uh, then you're losing that way anyway. Well, there's a sis- and there's a good chance they might come for you later on anyway when they pass some law saying that what you do now is illegal, and but so you'll lose that. It's worked for the vast majority of Americans up to this point. Government has grown inexorably up to this point. It is much larger than it was previously, and the Americans up to this point have allowed it to grow, and yeah. they have managed to raise their children up to the age of 18 where they can go off. And sure. they, they've got their little retirement. Things are going reasonably well, and so the system has worked. Are you telling these people that the system won't continue to work? I agree, but how, for how long? The slaves will, uh, will likely live a comfortable life in the global, the glo- under the global government. Technology will continue to increase levels of freedom to some extent. They'll they'll take some more of your money every single year and demand more obedience from you. But as long as you go along with it, you'll live a nice little slave life. And if that's what you want is slavery, you can have it in spades. 
800-259-9231. For people like me, however, I'm about sick and tired of it, and I'm willing to start saying no. Not on everything, because saying no to everything would mean immediate disaster for you. Yeah. But uh, but saying no here and there, I think, would be pretty powerful. And I think if more people get together and say no here and there, then we can have ourselves a bit of a peaceful evolution, and we might be able to throw off the yokes of this oppressive state. But it's only going to happen if people who are willing to stand up and say no get together in the same place, hence the Free State Project. At least that's how I see it. Freestateproject.org. 800-259-9231. If you're frustrated with a lack of freedom where you live and are tired of the oppressive state continually getting larger, tired of the specter of global government, tired of the United States federal government oppressing your business and personal life, if you knew that thousands of liberty-minded people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we go, I believe, to Derek in Canada, you're on Free Talk Live. Derek. Hi, guys. Hey. Uh, thanks for taking my call, first what's, of all. Well, what's on your mind tonight, Derek? Well, I just want to make a quick comment to you. Um, first of all, I, uh, I definitely can relate to a lot of what you're saying. I'll give you a quick uh, example. I work for the municipal government in uh, a city in the province of Saskatchewan a few I'm years sorry. ago, and uh, I can remember my first day on the job with myself and several other very young guys. Um, and we were told, actually, after the very first day, that we should uh, not do as much work as we were doing because. <laughs> hey, I want we you to finish your story. I want to give you plenty of time for it. Hang on, Derek. We'll okay. come up with you in a moment. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hey, you guys are working too hard. You're making us all look bad. Take it easy. More coming up. It's free talk live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing that they are indeed listeners of Free Talk Live. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com, which is brought to you by Manchester Brewing. Shrine.freetalklive.com and see it for yourself. If you are going to own a handgun, you really need to know how to use it. And the Millionaire Patriot can show you how to do that. He has five days of firearms training waiting for you. It's the best firearms training in the world. It uh, exceeds military and uh, law enforcement standards, and it does it without all that drill instructor attitude. And you can get yourself a free handgun in the process. He's giving away uh, a Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. If you just go to FrontSight.com and register to, for the, your training today, that's FrontSight.com. So we go back to Derek in Canada. Derek, you're back on Free Talk Live. And you were telling us a moment ago that you were working for a municipal government up there in Canada, and it was your first day on the job when somebody uh, gave you a talking to. Go ahead with your story. Yeah, it wasn't really like, you know, look out where we're going to get you here, buddy, but it was just sort of a, a kindly note from one of the older fellows. We were uh, basically repairing cracks in the road, and they just approached us and said that we should essentially just be doing less work. Uh, so we promptly did that for the remainder of the summer, 
and uh, I think we really were on coffee break more often than actually working. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it's very, very typical in my mind of so many services that are provided by the government. So, you know, I, I definitely feel your pain on that. Now, my personal philosophy is more in the middle. I think in some areas uh, of public policy and life, we actually need more government. I think in some, we certainly need give me less. One. Give, me, give me one example of where you think more government is needed. Oh, where we need to have more government. Yeah. Well, actually, let me tie that into the reason I was calling, which was to okay. talk about the gun control issue that you brought up a few days ago. Sure. If I could. So um, just as an example, uh, you're, you probably are under the understanding, as most Americans are, the belief at least that Canada is more socialist than the U.S. Uh, and has more government control. Yes. And, for example, you know, we have quite a bit more strict control on our firearms. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, you were mentioning the other day the, the classic argument of, you know, it's not the gun that kills the person, it's the person that kills the person. But I just wanted to mention the fact that in Canada, um, not only in Canada but in other Western European nations as well, but I'll use Canada specifically, we have a, a substantially lower murder rate than the states. And it's not just a bit lower, it's, it's about three to four times lower per capita. Prior to, um, the, um, prior to the gun ban that went in, and it's relatively recent, your gun ban, right? You know, our gun ban, I believe, has... I don't know the date, but as, as far as I understand, it was instituted in the 70s. Okay. Um, there is there's evidence from Ontario, I believe, that, um, mm-hmm. in fact, when they, uh, you know, increased the the penalties for owning a gun, um, you know, having a gun, mm-hmm. basically banned guns, then crime mm-hmm. went up. And That's right. E- e- now, in Canada, certainly when crime goes up, it's still lower than the United States' crime. That much is mm-hmm. true. However, that probably doesn't mean that if we ban guns in the United States, the crime's going to go down. Um, if and what I'd like it hasn't to say, happened in the UK. What, what I'd like to challenge you with is that mm-hmm. I suggest that, and you can own guns in Canada. You just That's are correct. limited to owning things like shotguns and rifles and stuff like that. And shotguns and rifles do very good jobs of putting uh, putting holes in bad people. Um, mm-hmm. And now, what I would suggest, in fact, that if you believe in uh, sort of m- making the world gun free, mm-hmm. that you start with your house. And you put a sign outside your house that says, "This is a gun-free home." Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a good yeah, well, idea? I mean, I mean, I certainly, uh, I've certainly been familiarized with all those arguments, and actually, it makes sense to me that if you immediately ban guns, there will be an upsurge in crime because it's going to be well popularized that the guns have been banned, and there is going to be the people who have previously had guns that are then going to have to give them away, and then the criminals will have the guns. However, over a long period of time, the overall circulation of guns does diminish. And in Canada, we but do does not that diminish have all the these guns circulating. Wait a minute. Sorry, D- Derek. let me just finish my point and then, and then by all means have at me. Um, in Canada, we don't have the circulation of weapons. And, you know, the argument of, um, well, if, if we outlaw guns, all the outlaws will have the guns. Well, the outlaws here actually don't have guns. You do have a few shootings, but almost every crime and holdup and 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 rape and anything that's committed is you know with knives or or some other object. That's why so much is, better. Why is that better? I mean, what, <laughs> that's what's happening well, over in the UK. The murder, is that people are getting stabbed the now? The murder rate is lower, and I believe actually you know there's a reason. Home that invasions we went up, and, Derek. Home invasions went up dramatically when they banned guns in uh, in the UK. Mm-hmm. So well, what do you actually, do about that? The UK statistics specifically were skewed because at the exact same time that they changed their gun laws. They also changed the reporting of the gun laws 
and the way that, that the police report them. So the numbers that came out were extremely skewed. But let me give you an example maybe closer to home for you guys. It's an oft-cited town of uh, Kennesaw, and yes. I don't know where this town is. But Georgia. Basically, it was, uh, they made a law, some type of a law that either mandated or encouraged or facilitated in some way people to get guns, and then the crime rate dropped, dropped steeply. Yes. So my, my theory, and kind of the theory of gun control people in general, predicts that when you make a law that bans guns, crime will go up immediately and then down in the long term. And the converse is also true. And that's actually what happened in Kennesaw. They mandated the guns in some sense. The crime dropped. But actually, if you check the, the stats, over a period of the next 10 years, the murder rate actually and the violent crime rate actually increased to higher than it was prior to the sure. law. Sure, um, and when you include those murder rates and those violent crime rates, you're also including the very large section of those, of those that are essentially domestic violence. Friends fighting, bar fights, uh, uh, husbands and wives going at it, husbands shooting wives, wives shooting husbands, and all that exactly. stuff. Exactly, and, and actually that brings me to my next point, and I totally agree, we all know... People that know each other are the ones that are killing each other. But pretty uh, much true. Large, you know, However, shouldn't... Apart from gang violence, it's 70, 80% of people that are in relationships that are killing each other. So I guess the point I'm making is that, you know, we give soldiers guns and not knives because we know guns are more effective at killing. Yes. And a passionate argument between a spouse or a girlfriend or whatever, perhaps in combination with al- alcohol and then in combination with a firearm, is actually much more deadly than that same combination and a vase or a bat or a knife. I understand. You know, we know this Let's is talk true about because this. we don't give our troops knives or vases to fight with. Sure. And uh, under, understood. All those things are true. And I think mm-hmm. that perhaps if you could actually control the manufacture of guns, that mm-hmm. um, that, that, that would work. However, um, mm-hmm. let's talk about this from a rights theory standpoint. You do believe that people have rights and that they own themselves, right? I do. Do you believe that they should be able to create tools in order to do jobs? You know, I, I'll, it, it's a, that's a really large philosophical question you've answered, and I'll try, to, I'll try to answer it in not too much of a cumbersome and roundabout way. But I guess it comes down to what is your, what is your goal as far as the policy. You guys are very obviously liberty-oriented. That's great. And liberty, in a sense, is the end to you, whereas... To someone like me, liberty is the means, and an end would be, for example, to maximize prosperity and safety for all. So I, maybe I should clarify. Maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong about that with you guys. Maybe I should ask you, is liberty the means to some goal, or is it actually your end? I'd say that the, the liberty is, by, by and large, the end. However, I, the end. I question whether concentrating the guns in the, plan, in the hands of the bureaucrats, and that's what you're suggesting, is, in fact, a means to the end of liberty. Well, I, you know, I guess I would or just... prosperity or any of those things. Yeah, you know, I, you, you certainly make very fair points and, you know, good arguments. I guess I would just, you know, I've been to um, a town on, I worked in a, uh, I'm a physician, by the way, I worked in a, a small hospital for a brief period of time on the border of DR Congo and Rwanda. Yeah. And in that area, there is an absence of government entirely. Um, likewise, in a place like Somalia, and I can tell you that, you know, if your end is liberty, You've got it by living on the border of DR Congo and Rwanda. But if your end is, uh, you know, prosperity and safety and, and perhaps a future, uh, you don't.
I yeah. understand. So it sort of Apples and oranges. Right. There's a, there's a lot the of there's a lot of problems with colonialism. Um, the f- the fact that we they haven't gotten to a point of civilization and prosperity that we have. I think that um, you know comparing what uh, the world would be like here in the United States with more freedom to Rwanda is something entirely different. Thank you, Derek, for the call. Thank Appreciate you, hearing though, from Derek. you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You don't have peace and pos- prosperity by threatening your neighbors, and that's what you'd have to do to take their guns from them. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. If you've seen the Lakota Nation silver round from the Free Lakota Bank, you know it's one of the most beautiful pieces available today. And a really fun way of giving the Federal Reserve the middle finger. Free Talk Live listeners can get them for the absurdly low rate of $22.30. That's right, $22.30. Call 877-857-9938 or go to silver.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can at once. It's 877-857-9938, silver.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And I wish we could continue our discussion about the guns with Derek, but there are a lot of other people that have a lot of uh, different topics to discuss here tonight. Um, Free Talk Live, you know. But, yeah, uh, Derek... I, I I love that Derek called in, and I I loved his points, and I thought he was really uh, you know great at uh, what he was saying. I just you know I, I, we we have one maybe a segment for a caller tops, you know. Yeah, if you're a good caller, and that, that was a good call. Uh, so I'd love to hear from him again sometime at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Always uh, good to be challenged here. Uh, but you'll never get free talk life to back down from the liberty position just because you believe things would be better if you could just control people in one particular way. And I'm not interested in 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 controlling people's lives and telling them what they can and they can't own. It's just not something that I that I'm that, that's just not something I believe in. Right. If you're willing to get take away people's rights to uh, well create a tool that they can use to protect themselves or um, to exchange the fruits of their labor to for a tool that somebody else has created that they can use to protect themselves. Um, you know, where does this stop? It never stops. Right. If, 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 you've, if you've conceded that one point, then, and you know, that, that essentially means that you own me, you own the fruits of my labor, because I can't create something that I can then protect myself with. Um, Look at the I, UK now. Right. Now they're banning knives, you well, know? Well, and I mean, beyond that, once you've, once you've co-opted a portion of my being, you can co-opt any portion. Well, I say that the people that are having children are too too stupid, too poor, too uh, uh, too dumb, too yeah, uh, too true. lousy parents out there, and that we need to that all women need to have tubal ligations immediately, and only by uh, government license yeah. can they then have them undone. It's the I same mean, thing. I have just as much right to right. say that as uh, the gentleman was named Kevin. Derek. Derek uh, has to say that I can't own a gun. Exactly. Actually, Derek doesn't say I can't own a gun. The United States government says I can't own a gun. That's true. And they stink because of it. Public policy, float your boat. Learn about public policy by interning at state or federal policy organizations. The Charles G. Koch Summer Fellowship Program includes an opening uh, in the week-long policy seminar, a uh, eight-week paid summer internship, a closing seminar, and weekly 
policy lectures. Choose from 70 organizations in Washington, D.C., state policy networks, and think tanks across the United States. Program includes a stipend and a housing alliance uh, allowance. I keep on saying alliance. Housing allowance. <laughs> Apply by January the 31st for this at libertarianinternships.com. That's libertarianinternships.com. Let's go to your phone calls and continue with Dylan in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dylan. I'm so mad. Dylan? Dylan? Are you mad? Are you okay? Are you listening to us? Take a deep breath. Dylan? Count to ten. He's not there. Let's We're put ready. him back on hold, see if we can get him uh, get him ready. Uh, let's go to Bert in the meantime in Maryland. There, uh, Bert, you're on Free Talk Live. Bert? How you doing? What's on your mind tonight, Bert? The tax collection system in Maryland. Okay. Do tell. I, I, I'm an individual that I've chosen to take a stand against the unfair collection tax system in Maryland. Okay. And what is what is unfair? I mean, taxes in general to me seem unfair, but what specifically are you referring to? Um, I've been fighting the comptroller, who's the tax collector in Maryland, for the last nine years in court. And so basically every assessment I have received that I didn't believe was correct, I appealed. And currently, my last case... I appealed all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States. Hmm. I'm currently before the Supreme Court. I filed a petition, um, and they denied it. And just this week, I filed a petition for rehearing. And in doing that, each and every time, they just denied me due process. The Supreme Court did? No, I'm the tax collector in Maryland. I see. I, I Appeals. I got an assessment. I appealed the assessment. Now, what assessment are we talking about? Property taxes? Um, income tax. Income. Okay, gotcha. Tax. I basically filed a return. I requested a refund for $5,000. They sent me an assessment and said, we corrected your return, and <laughs> so your refund is only $25. <laughs> because we didn't like your return, we're going to hit you with a $500 penalty. Oh, boy. So I appealed that decision. Mm-hmm. And they quoted the statute that was filing a frivolous return penalty. In Maryland, the frivolous return penalty has a, a B section that says if you if, if they can only hit you with this frivolous return penalty if you meet another penalty, which is you didn't file a return and you didn't pay the tax. Well, I filed a return and I paid the tax because he said I was owed twenty five dollars. So. I wasn't eligible for the frivolous return penalty, so I appealed it. I see. I had a hearing, and I said, okay, why is my return frivolous? And they said that they didn't like the numbers that I put on my return. Well, I'm saying, well, I I gave them a copy of my federal returns. I gave them a copy of the W-2 I filed, and they had a state return, all signed under the penalty of perjury. And the frivolous return penalty says that you get a frivolous return penalty if they can't determine the tax liability on the return. Well, you admitted that you changed my return. So the return that you're reviewing is not my return. It's theirs. (laughs) (laughs) What a mess. So I'm looking for them to – and I provided all this evidence. I provided all of the statutes I used to file my return. Um, again, the, the most important thing, I had these two documents from the federal government that they did not dispute, that's because in Maryland, I, and I guess like in most states, you start out with the, the adjusted gross income from your federal return, and you put that on your state return. 
So they provided no evidence to say that the numbers that I can't, that I used for my federal return was wrong or incorrect. Um, but they just denied my return. And then they said you have to appeal for an informal hearing. They call it informal. But when you get to the hearing, they throw on a, uh, uh, a tape recorder. And after the end of the hearing, they issue a formal appeal. I mean, I'm sorry, a formal determination. <laughs> so it's an informal hearing with a formal determination. Then you have 30 days to appeal that to the tax court. Mm -hmm. So I appealed it to the tax court. And you can't appeal to the tax court unless you get a formal determination. Now, what does it cost to appeal these things? Because normally you have to file a, a fees to appeal, don't you? To file anything to appeal to tax court. I see. You don't have to fee until you get to circuit court. Got it. And the, the fees to go to circuit court is $50. Then you've taken this all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States. It's, it took me six appeals. I, I appealed the assessment. I appealed the hearing officer's decision. I appealed the tax court's decision. I went to circuit court. Now, if it was interesting, I got the first favorable decision in the nine years I've been fighting the comptroller from this circuit court judge. He ruled that there was no justification for them to hit me with a frivolous return penalty. And he stated the reasons why, and he basically told the comptroller lawyers that what appears to me that you guys hit this guy with a penalty just for expressing his opinion about what he believed the tax law said. Sounds like it. Now, what happened after he, that judge said that? It, they appealed it to the Court of Special <laughs> of Appeals. Of course. Uh, did they turn it around at the, the Court of Appeals at that point? The, and the problem with the Court of Special Appeals was that when they overturned it, they, they, did, they found their own independent fact that said I committed fraud. Now, the assessment didn't say I committed fraud. The hearing officer didn't say I committed fraud. So basically, they're just punishing you more because it's gone that far. With that, I mean, they they pulled you've out. Taken this, it so far. They they pulled because you took it so far. They decided to pull this fraud allegation out out of just thin air. Exactly. Wow. I mean, how many more years are you going to fight the comptroller? I'm just curious. I mean, do you see this going for the rest of your life? Uh, I'm hoping that it ends soon. I mean. I guess the, the reason when I started this, it was like a mission from God, because my family and friends have told me years ago, you need to stop doing this. But it's like God told me, I want you to start fighting this, and I don't want you to quit. Well, if you ever feel like giving up, uh, New Hampshire doesn't have a state income tax, so uh, if you love freedom, come on up here and, and join us. I, I've never had to fill out a state income tax form. I lived in Florida my whole life. They don't have it down there, and up here in New Hampshire, they don't have it either, though there's, they're trying to pass one, as I understand it. They're always trying to, and luckily they've managed to fail at it uh, time and time again. But if you ever get uh, sick and tired of it and you, you, know, you want to achieve a, a greater state of liberty, it, it is available for you. What I've, what I've discovered in this fight is that they don't follow the law. <laughs> Shocking, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't live in a nation of laws, I'm sorry to say. You are absolutely right. They don't follow their own laws. You can't even hold them to it. You can find their laws. You can cite their laws to them, and they'll just, you know, ignore it. They, it doesn't matter. Well, that's not how we interpret this. Yep. And, and I have a document Oh, I believe you do. We've got plenty of documentation of the exact same thing. We've got videotape of them uh, refusing to follow their uh, their own law, and they'll never hold themselves accountable for it because, well, it's their system, and if they were to hold themselves accountable, then there would be all kinds of levels of accountability that could actually be uh, pressed upon them by people who are like you, who are diligent enough to catch them at breaking their own rules. It's not hard once you start looking closely, and uh, what I'd suggest is you go to freestateproject.org when you get a chance, Bert, and take a serious look at moving a little bit 
far nor- uh, farther north. There's uh, quite a movement up here. Thank you for the call tonight. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. We can talk health care, but we'd rather talk to you about what you want. So we're going to go right to your phone calls here. 800-259-9231. We'll start things out by going to Dylan, who I believe is back on with us here. Uh, we had some technical difficulties earlier. Dylan in Wisconsin, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hey, guys. Hey. Uh, I'm glad I was able to get back on. What's on your mind um, tonight, Dylan? I'd like to start by saying uh, I remember earlier the guy was a guy from New York was bringing up mob and government, and, you know, you said how they're pretty much the same thing. And it reminded me of a quote by Thomas Jefferson, uh, the two enemies of the people are criminals and government. So let us tie down the second with the chains of the Constitution so it does not become a legalized version of the first. Well, pretty much think that kind of sums that whole issue up. You know, that's pretty except much for the, the fact that the, except for the fact that the chains of the Constitution didn't really do anything. Yeah, they were kind of rusty. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously the Constitution was an imperfect thing, but sure. uh, but at least to a certain extent, it it held back the powers of the federal government, which it doesn't even matter speculation. anymore. It's it's speculation. On I'd, I'd like to talk to you about that because I've I've heard people make this claim, and I may have made that claim in, in my life at some point. It's a claim that's based on a belief that the Constitution actually has some sort of sway over and, things. And what I'd like to uh, I'd like to, to confront you with a little bit of evidence and see what you have to say to it. Okay. All right. Great. The um there. The, the the Heritage Foundation's uh, little uh, the chart of how free the world is uh, fiscally speaking because it's very hard to uh, to to rate countries on how socially free one is and it's a lot easier to uh, do it with the uh, you know the economists can get together and say how many taxes what's the tax burden and you know that kind of thing how hard is it to open a business and they can quantify all those things and the United States comes up uh, sixth on that particular list. And uh, some, uh, you know, just to give you an idea, Singapore, where you'll get beat with a stick for throwing a, uh, a piece of gum, chewed gum on the ground, is number two. So obviously, this is only about fiscal freedoms. But on that same list, I believe uh, New Zealand is at number five. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's correct. Okay, so um, give give the the numbers. Hong that Kong are, number one, Singapore no, no, number two. Uh, the number of the United States. Number six. Number six, and the um, the the other the index number. 
The index number, summary index, meaning 80.7 out 80. of a 7. score of 100 possible. So, um, New Ze- and I'm not going to give those numbers because it's too hard to give numbers on, on, the, inter- on, the, um, on the air. So New Zealand is, is rated a little higher right now, and I would have called New Zealand a socialist country. Uh, Canada's just slightly lower. I believe they're right under the United States on this list, Correct. Number, number eight. Um, number Inc- seven. Um, they're number seven. United States at number six. Correct. And New Zealand's number five. Uh, yes. Okay. And England's just down the list. I think at number ten. Yes. Um, and then so th- these countries, two of which I would have called socialist, one of which I I thought was free at one point and used to swear my allegiance to. Um, and then you start looking at France and Sweden, which are two countries I'm sure are socialist, and they're rated only slightly lower, not that much lower on the same chart. And what do you think about that? I mean, did the Constitution slow down the growth of government? Uh, I guess if you look at it in that way, it didn't really do a whole lot. Right. When you quantify it, um, the Constitution hasn't managed to slow down socialism, as, as I can tell, in this country. Now, I think that one can make the argument that in those countries, they have many more social programs that um, the Constitution perhaps, uh, like they haven't tested, say, socialized health care or anything against the Constitution. So we don't know if the Constitution will, will save us from socialized health care. However, the Constitution, um, you know, says that there can be a standing army and... That is what we essentially finance for the rest of the world. We, uh, you know, the United States taxpayers pay for the Navy and the Air Force that essentially make it so that, uh, you know, other countries can't use their Air Force to control the the countries nearby them. And and the Navy makes it so pirates can't take over the open seas. So we finance the rest of the world's free shipping lanes. So that's our version of socialism. We have national socialism as opposed to regular socialism. Which is messed up as well. Yeah. Uh, another, just one, one other thing I wanted to touch on, which is really why I ended up calling. Um, yeah. You know, it, what it comes down to is, you know, common sense, and there's this idea that that the government can take care of us is a joke. I mean, people are all, they're just like it's it's the nanny state. You know, like who who are they to tell us? You know, grown grown people, responsible, intelligent people, like what we can do. I mean. They take our they take our liberties away. I mean, even small stuff like seatbelt laws, you know, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. I mean, they got beer taxes, cigarette taxes. They call these sin taxes, and like they they tell us, well, it's okay because you know you really shouldn't be doing those things anyway. But this is a free country, but not really. So. I I share your concerns, man. Who are they indeed? They're a bunch of strangers, and I didn't uh, choose them. I didn't elect them. So I'm curious. Are you a member of the uh, Free State Project? Uh, actually, yeah, I signed up for it. I'm I'm 18 years old. I'm a oh, senior great. in high school, but cool. I'm doing it soon. So that is fantastic. Just the signing up at this at this point is what you can do. And thank you for having done it. Yeah. Anything else on your mind tonight, Dylan? Uh, I'm just I'm concerned about uh, what's going to happen if they pass this health care bill. I mean, are they going to tell us what foods we can eat? Yes. Because Yes, I mean, for down the, collect- the line. As far as the collective goes, you they're, know? they're not going to do that right away because it's my understanding that the health care bill is just about creating a what they call a government option. Um, and it has been a while since I've looked at the details, but it's my understanding that's still on the table. Mark, it's a Dylan, moving target. Have you heard anything differently? Is it still the government option that they're looking at doing? Has that, anybody heard? I, I believe that's what they're trying to do now. So I mean, it's it's been it's been changed many times. Right. I, I haven't heard any differently that they're, they're they're you know that's off the table. So I believe that's still on the table, which means that eventually, once the government option's available, people will be able to choose between it and the other insurance uh, options out there. Plus, they're looking at mandating that you have to have health care insurance. So forcing everyone into the insurance market, basically. 
And, of course, the government option will be subsidized, so therefore they'll be able to keep their prices lower than the rest of the competition in the marketplace. Um, and so there'll be a, effectively unfair competition. So they're pretty means, much going to form a monopoly. Well, it's going to take a little time. You're right. That's the, that's the long-term plan. Essentially what will happen is the uh, the government so-called option will eventually put the other companies out of business for the most part. And most of those people will be transferred over to the government monopoly at that point. There may still be some very elite kind of health care coverages out there for the, the richest of the rich. That's in the same way that in. we that, that the post office isn't, uh, you know, there, there are uh, elite options in delivering packages currently. Yeah. But the, 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 the government option in mail delivery dollar mail is has to be essentially, uh, you know, they, they have a darn close to a monopoly on the market. They do. If it's under a dollar, if if mail is they under a dollar, it has to be handled by the government. So it'll be the same thing. So people will be eventually, most people in America will be under the government program if their plan goes through as it as it is intended, and it looks like it will. Um, so once the government then has total control over um, your health care, then that's when you'll start to see the demands. You'll start to see the assessments of, well, Dylan, you've eaten too many uh, Big Macs this week. We're going to have to cut you off. Uh, or you know you're not allowed to buy this, or you'll need to have a special card in order to get certain types of food, and you know they're, they're, they could put in all kinds of different levels of control. Oh, you, if you want to access this uh, level of food, you know this, these fatty foods, you're going to have to start doing jumping jacks every morning, uh, and just stand right in front of that camera over there so we can verify that you've done it. Seems like I'm getting a little crazy with my examples, but all they of control are your possible. body. I, mean, at that I totally point. agree. It'd be great if people, you know, I mean, it's a great idea, you know, for everybody to do these exercises and for you know, to eat healthier or whatever, but that's not a choice the government should be able to make. That's Absolutely. That's personal, you know, that's, that's personal opinions. You know? Yep, but that's what's coming to where if the government has total control over health care, then they will be able to justify controlling your choices because, because well, if, collective. well, right, because if they just allow people to go and smoke cigarettes all willy-nilly and uh, eat fatty foods, then that'll increase the costs of health care. And so, therefore, in order to keep costs down, uh, they'll uh, they'll they'll have to inc- they'll have to basically institute a draconian system that will essentially be very restrictive on what you can and can't do with your body. And so it's very scary what uh, what is coming down this road. It really is. Thanks yeah, for the call. It, is, and it just makes me wonder. Like, when are no, yeah, go ahead. You can bring it back up. Good for me. What's that? No. Say again. It makes you wonder what? It makes me wonder, like, when are the when is the general public going to stand up and say, like, I know what's good for me. How are you supposed to know? You know, it's a good question. I would love to see the general public stand up to anything the government does, whether it's this this issue or something else entirely. But the general public is eh, they're a group of pushovers for the most part. I mean, they so far they're willing to go along to get along, and they are scared of the state and they're scared of the consequences of standing up and speaking out and refusing to obey. I hope that we can change that, and this show's doing everything, you know, we're doing our little part to help change the hearts and minds of somebody, and hopefully the people that are willing to stand up will come here to New Hampshire, as you are, as part of the Free State Project, and stand together, because being together makes a big difference. More coming up. Thanks for the call. It's Free Talk Live. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast, and at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And if you've a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need to know about SACL CAI. It does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI, see their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. As we continue with your phone calls about what you want to the amp line, it is Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matt. Good evening, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, first off, just as a quick uh, aside to the gentleman from Canada, if the ends is supposed to be safety, then we should all be walking around in bubbles, and we should only interact in environmental safe suits. You're referring to the guy earlier who was advocating for gun control. Yep. Gun control, right. You know, and I felt a little, uh, you know, like, after after he'd asked a question, I wish I'd answered a, one question differently. He asked uh, us if uh, liberty was the ends as opposed to the, the means, um, you know, here on this, this show. And I guess I kind of answered that uh, liberty is basically the ends. And I think that liberty is the end for Ian. However, I think that for me, the end um, is peace. And... You know, by and large, I think that one gets to peace through liberty. That one can't. Um, that one can't necessarily. It's hard to get to peace by using violence, and the government is institutionalized coercion, which is violence, the threat of violence, or whatever. So, uh, you know, I, I wish that I could have uh, changed my answer on that. Well said. Um, the reason I called, I had a conversation tonight with my daughter, who's a. Uh, uh, she does the billing for a doctor. A uh, OBGYN in Chicago, and it's a it's a woman doctor from Poland, and she came over here and had to go through medical school again Gosh. to get licensed in the United States. And she has, uh, I, I found this out tonight, she has many uh, patients that come from Poland. They save thousands of dollars so that they can come over here from Poland, stay here for three months, so that they can get the health care available here. Now, once the system is socialized, they are not going to be able to get the quality health care mm. that they are coming over here for. Mm-hmm. And Poland already has a socialized system. Sure. They can get it for free over there. They prefer to save the thousands of dollars that it takes at a cost so that they can come over here. And I think that says something about the health care in this country already available. Sure does. And the healthcare in this country could be so much better in the absence of all of the government controls and restrictions and regulations and better mandates. and more affordable. affordable. Yeah, and more affordable. So, but it's still a statement nonetheless. It's fairly powerful. So, uh, thank you for that. Right. Wait. And and she she also mentioned this. Uh, I really don't know what to think about this, but I'll throw it out there. She's had an inordinate amount of um, women that have come over from Poland that are looking to get pregnant and they're unable to get pregnant. And after she examines them, she finds out that they uh, no longer have a uterus. Apparently, they've had a hysterectomy performed on them. Without their knowledge? That's my understanding. These women don't even know that. And these are young women in their their late 20s, early 30s. What is the... What would you speculate as to the reason for that? You know, my speculation, I was amazed... 
And and I asked my daughter, and she said, I don't know. <laughs> and this is my daughter who's in 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 the in the um uh working in the thing. The 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 doctor doesn't know. Speculation is all that you can do. All I can think of is that at some point in time in their past, they were in the hospital in, in Poland or uh, Eastern Europe. Uh, I shouldn't even say Poland because she said she wasn't positive, 100% positive that these women were from Poland. Mm-hmm. They were from Eastern Europe, though. So it could have been Poland, Serbia, uh, Russia, the Estonia, Latvia, that area. Um. And it seems that at some point in time when they were younger, they were in the hospital, and these operations were performed on them without their consent, without their knowledge. There are a lot of people out there that believe that the biggest pro- biggest problem facing the United uh, facing the world, excuse me, is overpopulation so and population control. You know, those those if those people happen to be doctors, and some of them surely must be, then they likely would try to solve that problem by well taking out those those darn uh, procreating parts. That's crazy. Yeah, um, I wonder that's... if they, I wonder if they're targeted because of their economic status. I mean, or maybe they just, you know, they, maybe they're targeting young people that are not uh, economically well off, and they're leaving the rich, the ultra rich alone. So the ultra rich are allowed to, uh, you know, to propagate themselves, but not not the poor. I don't know. And that's again, like you say, all we can do is speculate. Well, and and that and just that speculation alone, what you just said, well, it makes no sense because these are uh, women that. Get the wherewithal to come over here, right? And it takes it takes a lot of money to come over here. So uh, I would say upper these are upper middle class girls. Hmm. I would speculate. I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't speculate that they were the, the poor or the lower class. Or the and working ha- and class. how many women has she come across that have been uh, hysterectomized? <laughs> um, she said three, but hmm. that's like a, a, a large number, a large right. portion of of people coming over here. Uh, that's you know a large percentage. She also said that there's a very high percentage of young girls uh, that are being diagnosed with cervical cancer. I wonder why that is. Thanks well, for sharing. I, your again, time. that's speculation, and um, you know I've heard a lot of talk about the vaccines lately causing that. Hmm. I've and, heard the same, specifically the Gardasil vaccine, but but other vaccines uh, supposedly with things in there that are going to cause um, cancer. Again, all speculation. Yeah. Oh, that was it's, a downer of a phone call. <laughs> Thanks for that, Matt. For anything else on your mind tonight? No, that was it. I uh, found this very, very interesting, yeah. and I, I thought I'd put it out there. Thanks for sharing. I appreciate the story. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's go to Jim in Illinois. Jim, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, guys. Uh, hey. How's it going? What's on your mind tonight, Jim? Hey, um, real quick, while I was on hold, you were talking to that guy from Canada. Um, he was mentioning about, uh, I believe he was talking about guns there for a little bit there, and uh, they were mentioning that uh, in that uh, once you ban the guns that uh, people start stabbing or whatnot. Um, just for whatever reason, it brought up a story that um, I heard a few years ago. Uh, you ever heard who uh, Elton Brown is? No, um, not me. He's, no. he's the uh, host of... Uh, the best show on Food Network, in my opinion, uh, Good Eats. He was going to a, uh, a book signing in, I don't know, Milwaukee somewhere. He lives in Georgia. And uh, the transportation agency confiscated his uh, cast iron frying pan from him because they said it was a deadly weapon. <laughs> but um, wow. somehow that just brought that. That was a few years ago. Listening to him somehow brought that story up. But 
Uh, I wanted to touch on uh, the religious uh, discussions you guys have been having over the last couple of days. Okay, sure. Um, one thing that I've noticed, one, one problem I have with the whole concept of the hell being the fire and brimstone part is, well, yes, Jesus did talk about there being, you know, the eternal torment, that sort of thing. That is the only real place that that's ever mentioned, and Jesus spoke mostly in parables. So, I mean, that could be assumed to be a parable. The problem lies in the word hell itself. I want to get into your analysis here in a moment. If you'll hang on, we'll bring you back. More with Jim and your calls as well at 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. That's the point of the program. So I would call it Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those. They include updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Check out the Low Country Liberty Report. This Ridley- Ridleyographer from Savannah, Georgia, focuses on pro-freedom issues from around the country. Liberty-oriented reports for liberty-minded folks. He doesn't pretend to be unbiased in reporting and tries to add a little humor to every report. You can find his videos at lclreport.com or join his uh, Facebook or Twitter group for lclreport.com. We continue. Jim is on the line in Illinois. Jim, uh, you wanted to comment on the theological discussions that have been happening over the past few days on Free Talk Live, uh, especially quite a bit on the extended show we did last night, which you can download at freetalklive.com. Uh, but you had mentioned uh, that you wanted to comment on the Christian view of hell, and you just barely had gotten a chance to get started before we had to go to break. So go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, well, here's, here's the problem, is, in, is that the, um, as had been mentioned that the Bible had been translated, you know, over and over throughout time, and uh, I believe he had a caller stating that, or Mark had, had said that, in that uh, some editorialization entered into the Bible, and uh, I believe he had a caller said that that's not true. <laughs> this is kind of a side point, but there's a point in, uh, I can't remember which one of the books it is, but there was a whole section in there uh, which said something about, like, the water and the blood are one, and in, um, that was talking about the uh, the concept of the Trinity, which was not mentioned in the Bible, and then that particular verse was nowhere in any of the original texts. Yep. So there's, yes, that that has happened. There's but, lots of uh, evidence. There's lots of examples of how the uh, texts have been, you know, in some cases only slightly altered in order to uh, to, to get, uh, you know, their point across. And one has to question if you have evidence of it having happened. Sometimes I wonder how many times it happened, you know, when there isn't evidence. How about the time when the whoever they were, the guys that first put it together, decided, okay, we're going to take this text, this text, this text. Essentially, it's a collection of writings yes. from different uh, people. Okay, the editors at that point basically said, well, we're going to take this, this, and this, and this, and we're going to put it all in here. Who's to say at that point they didn't say, well, we're going to take this, this, and this, and change this, that, and this? And, you know, who's to say how much uh, changing uh, went on right then and there when the when it was first formed? But even so, even if they didn't, the very 
very fact that they edited, um, you know, uh, some books in and some books out shows a bias, um, mm-hmm. you know, towards uh, Jesus being God as opposed to, you know, many books don't, don't uh, many of the Gospels that are out there, Gospels of Thomas, Gospels of uh, Jesus, Gospel of Mary, um, there's all kinds of them out there, don't include Jesus being God. Well, getting back to the, uh, the issue about the word about hell, though, and in the general uh in the general sense about the um, the translation of you know, of the word, there's a lot of words in the Bible where, especially in the King James, more modern translations aren't like this. But if you go back to the uh, King James, the 1611 Authorized Version, you know, read that so you don't go to hell. Um, but if you go, if you look at the word hell, there's like three or four different Greek words that have been tr- Greek and Hebrew words that have been translated into hell, and they all mean pretty much different things. Hmm. Like, you've got the Greek word Sheol, and you've got grave. the Greek word Hades, which both of them pretty much basically just mean the grave. Whereas there's only one instance in the New Testament where the word hell was actually put by, was, um, uh, where, where a Greek word for fire and brimstone was put, was translated into the word hell. Hmm. The problem there is that word is Gehenna, and that was speaking of a specific place. Jesus was using that as an example of the kind of torment that would go on. Now, I know you were talking about that yesterday. I don't really know what I believe on that at this point in my life. You know, I've been going through a lot of questioning the last couple of years and that. But the point is is that you could take the word hell in the Bible, and you could basically make it mean what you want depending on what verse you're at. Interesting. I was not aware of that. Yeah, it's the same way with the word love in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. In the King James Version. They call it charity. And the King James Version, I believe, has it translated correctly. I'd have to go back. It's been a while since I've done the research. But the word love itself has many different means or different words it's translated into. 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, which is supposedly the the love chapter, Mm -hmm. and the King James translated it charity. Charity, right. And in all the newer uh, newer versions, it's love. It sounds again, better from a poetic a from a poetic standpoint. It's, for it. Sorry, from a poetic standpoint, it sounds better translated as love. But go on with what, what you're saying. I'm sorry, I ended up talking over you. Oh, no problem. Uh, I I couldn't hear you because I got a problem here on my phone. But um, but that's the thing. I mean, you got to watch out what you translate. The the when I first started delving into Christianity about, oh man, probably about 15 years ago now, you know, one of the things I really wanted to do was get, you know, into the basic, you know, get down to the nitty-gritty and look, you know, and see what the words actually mean, because I was told that that would be a greater understanding, and to be honest, it did, it did you know, make my understanding a little bit more in a lot of cases, but it also raised a lot more questions. Um you, you know, you, you're relying on other people's translations. Uh, one thing you were saying, you were mentioning a few minutes ago, you were talking about how people are, you know, I, I brought up the example of that one passage about the blood and the water. And um, the, um, oh, I'm, losing this. <laughs> I'm forgetting my point here. Notes, um, you, you should were, take you were notes. mentioning that they were editorializing and maybe just adding a word here or there. In... Uh, the Jehovah's Witness translation of the Bible, the uh, in the first chapter of John it says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." In the Jehovah's Witness translation, they added the little word "a" in front of the word "God." So it was, "In the beginning was the Word, Word nice. was with God, the Word was a God." Um, 
I could go on forever about one little word can make a big difference. One uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, putting a comma in a uh, in a certain place can make a difference. Yeah, that in the first chapter of John, basically, you were saying Mark was saying uh, I think it was yesterday that Jesus was never never himself never called himself God. I, I believe it was, wasn't that correct? Yeah, I, I, I think that he called himself the Son of God, and they called himself um, the Son of Man, but uh, I don't think that he called himself God. It's he a religion. Say, I am that I am. And in that passage of the Bible, everybody got offended that he said that because I don't know if he was actually calling himself God in that, but he was certainly equating himself with God in that particular verse. I've done it that both ways. Um, once again, that's one passage I actually haven't studied the, uh, the, haven't looked at the Greek on. But once again, if you get down to it, I bet you could find people that could make that go either way. Jim, thanks for the insight tonight. Anything else you want to share? Um, just uh, one other thing. There was the uh, you had an ad about uh, for Terran Lupo just before I came back from the break. Yeah, LCLReport.com. Report is, is it's a great video uh, video series he does. But check out his uh, Children's Guide to Taxes. Anyone that's seen the Philosophy of Liberty, it's written on that level, and it is fantastic. Cool. cool. I didn't even know it existed. And where where would one find that? Also at LCLReport.com or somewhere else. Uh, I actually found it on YouTube, but he's probably got it on his site, too. Okay, cool. Uh, so, Children's Guide to Taxes. Thank you, Jim, for the call tonight and the thoughts. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, you know, it's always, at, it's always very interesting when somebody's done the level of research that Jim has done. And, on the and Bible many, and all Many that. of our, our listeners. Right. And But I, I, I also question... You know, in a religion that old, it's it does seem beholden upon um, the believers of that religion to have studied to that level. It is the most important thing in the world as to whether or not you go to go to um, you know the 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 battle between the powers and principalities that exist in heavenly places, as the Bible says it. However, doesn't that mean that uh, God has created me incumbent in having to uh, you know decipher all of this this stuff, this old these old uh, documents and things like that? It's very difficult. I mean, the guy sounded extraordinarily learned. The reason yeah. he sounded learned is because what he's talking about is not common stuff. It's extraordinarily right. uncommonly known. So um, what what it ends up is that look. The default position is believing in that Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, and if you don't believe that, you're going to go to hell. So it's easier just to go ahead and believe that than it is to do all the studying and find out what it is that you believe on your own. Exactly right. 800-259-9231. It's always easier to go along and get along, right? right? And, and that is not freedom. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Your thoughts? You're welcome to share them, even in these remaining moments. We've got enough time for your call if you make it right now. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain of the program here. Enough time for your call. If you make it right now, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. So, uh, we continue here, and uh, let's go to Ron Paul. been a little while since we've uh, shared something from old Ron Paul, Dr. Ron Paul. 
And uh, he's got some thoughts on health care. Quickers don't use titles. You're right about I'm just that. Kidding. I just realized that. I'm just, just kidding you. Well, it's true, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And I think that, you know, there's there's titles that bother me more than others, and Doctor is one of them that doesn't bother me quite as much as... Um, as Judge. As, you're right. Your Honor. Officer. The Honorable. All right. As Washington continues debating health care reform, the rest of the country is primarily concerned about jobs and the economy. It's still uncertain what policies will be implemented, but I am certain about one thing. It will only further devastate our economy and our dollar. The leadership has come up with a proposal. They are confident. By the way, I don't consider them my leadership, and I doubt Ron Paul does either. He's just using that term. Uh, they've come up with a proposal. They're confident what will be... Th- they're confident will be what they consider fiscally responsible, only to have it scored as nearly twice as expensive by the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office. Estimates of past health care spending programs have been off by as much as 100 percent, so there's no telling what the actual cost will be. And that is such an important point. I mean, beyond all of the uh, the, the critics or beyond all the legitimate critique that you can level at this uh, being a socialized medicine program or the next step toward even more socialized medicine, because, well, honestly, most of the dollars in the healthcare world are spent by governments in this country, so therefore it pretty much already is a socialized medicine system for the most part. Uh, but uh, you know, all of that critique is is spot on. But it's interesting to point out that whenever they make estimates. The federal government or the state government or the local government, they're usually piss poor at it. Uh, and the well, worse, you, the, you think they're bad at it, but they're always low. And so maybe they're good at it. What do you mean? Well, they always guess low. But so, they're always wrong. Right. They're wrong. But does that mean that they're bad at guessing or does that mean that they intentionally guess low? I would think they intentionally guess low. Sure. I mean, if, you know, if, uh, if, if, if somebody who's, who wants something from you is going to be, you know, listing off the reasons why it's a good idea, chances are they're going to guess a little low. And, you know, when, the, when it comes to that person not having any level of accountability to you or very little accountability to you, right. chances are that guess is going to be, well, it's going to be uh, uh, hazardously low. Yeah, it, well, exactly, because it doesn't matter if they're wrong, because you're going to have to pay anyway. So if it turns out that it's going to cost five times as much or 20 times as much, oh, well, oopsie, well, we were wrong. Well, pay up, because that's how it works. Uh, he says, the past century should have taught us one thing, that government intervention is expensive. Government programs lend themselves so easily to waste, fraud, and abuse. Combine that with overall inefficiency, and it all adds up to a hefty price tag for the taxpayer, with not much left over for actual services. An outright take over an entire sector of the economy, especially one as important as health care, is something that we just cannot afford for the government to do right now, and I would say ever. But not to mention the fact that it's completely unconstitutional. Not that Washington cares, but Washington insists on torturing the numbers and tinkering around the edges rather than facing this truth. If health care reform does indeed pass, we should not be under the illusion that it will be free. The money to pay for it will have to come from somewhere. They say that we'll get the money from cutting waste, fraud, and abuse, but all of that is seemingly intrinsic to government programs. Since they want to expand the government's reach, we have to assume that we will be trading waste, fraud, and abuse for waste, fraud, and abuse with a bigger budget. The powers that have ins- uh, the powers that be have insisted that money won't come from higher taxes, it won't come from rationing of care, and it won't come from higher premiums. This can only put more pressure on the Fed to print the money from thin air. We already have a weakening dollar, and they are accelerating everything that weakened it in the past. Adding this new monumental pressure could very well be the straw that will break the dollar's back. 
Foreign creditors are already nervous about continuing to invest in the U.S. because of the skyrocketing debt. The explosion of debt that's certain to accompany the enactment of this national health care bill can only add to that nervousness. Ironically, enactment of the health care bill could help the cause of liberty by hastening the day when Congress is forced by economic circumstances to stop increasing the welfare warfare state and return to the Constitution. Boy, he sure is a dreamer, that Ron Paul. (laughs) There are many problems with our current health care system, to be sure, and there are many tragic stories to be told. However, we need to look at the root of our problems in order to address them properly. More government intervention and bureaucracy injected into health care will take a flawed system and make it immeasurably worse. And he's absolutely right on that final point there. Yeah, I don't see see anybody can argue uh, with this except the idea that uh, you can spend your way into a, a, a more constitutional government, but whatever. Of course, Ron Paul's a doctor, so who the hell should be listening to him, right? I mean, what does he know about health care? Oh, wait, he's a doctor. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to another politician about health care. Uh, Jake Tepper over at ABC News had an exclusive interview with Obama, where he said that penalties are appropriate for people who try to free ride the health care system but stopped short of endorsing the threat of jail time for those who refuse to pay a fine for not having insurance. Oh, see, it's all all right. Old uh, Obama there, he's not going to endorse jail time, so therefore you don't have to worry about it. You're not going to go to jail, right? Obama's not endorsing it, so therefore... That's the only card the government has. Imagine, Imagine playing cards with... Well, you know, a person who basically has only one card, the ace of spades. Mm-hmm. The ace of spades is I get to use violence to enforce what I want, and you don't. Let's hear him. If you do it, you're a criminal. If I do it, I'm doing what's right, just, pure, honest, and uh, forthright. Now, here's what Obama actually had to say. Let's, let's Let's listen to him dance around it. What I think is appropriate is that in the same way that everybody has to get auto insurance, and if you don't, you're subject to some penalty. That in this situation, if you have the ability to buy insurance, it's affordable, and if you choose not to do so, forcing you and me and everybody else to subsidize you, you know, there's a $1,000 hidden tax that families all across America are burdened by because of the fact that people don't have health insurance, you know. There's nothing wrong with a penalty. It's not a hidden tax um, because it's in insurance, not in um, taxes. So, yes, it's a hidden fee, I suppose, but it's not a hidden tax. So that's a misuse of the language. Also, um, I would say that comparing it to auto insurance isn't exactly true because the government can take your license to drive away and then um, whereas the license can't the government can't take your license to live away. Hmm. So, um, you know, it's it's is it is it, you know, it's a fine point, but it's an important one. He says that penalties have to be high enough for people not to game the system, but also important to not be so punitive that people who are having a hard time find themselves suddenly worse off, saying, quote, I think the general broad principle is simply that people who are paying for their health insurance aren't subsidizing folks who simply choose not to until they get sick, and then suddenly they expect free health insurance. That's a basic concept of responsibility I think most Americans abide by. I love this guy talking about personal responsibility. Penalties are appropriate for people who try to free ride the system and force others to pay for their health insurance. You know, it's the government that made it so that people can free ride the system in the first place. The government passed the laws that the hospitals have to provide emergency services to people who need them, but it's inappropriate and people should go to jail for it. What? What? He's saying here is that uh, 
it's you're forcing if you free ride the system that you're forcing others to pay for their health insurance. But it's the government that's initiating the force. It's the government that's forcing people to pay for this. Right. The government so they've is created the, force. the situation where people take advantage of it now, and now he and and now he's blaming them. He's of calling course. them free riders. Right, and that's and and of course people that are paying into the system, it'll be the old uh you know, the old situation of well the government has abused me, so you should be abused too, this kind of Stockholm syndrome mm-hmm. uh where the, where people will identify with their abuser and it's just like what we see with people with taxes. They get very upset at people that don't pay. The people that don't pay are the heroes. But yet the perspective of the taxpayer is that, hey, I got you know, they screwed me, so you should get screwed too. And so he's he's basically going to there anybody that is not paying into the system will will be kind of painted with that same black brush if you will of oh you are you're forcing me to pay for you and so therefore I should be angry at you for this whereas it might just simply be that hey I don't want to participate in your system I don't want to force you to pay for my healthcare I'm willing to pay for it myself but you won't let me pay for it myself how about that well the, the and the system's so messed up from government interf- interf- interference at this point anyway one can't even quantify how um you know what the costs would be if we actually had a free market in healthcare. So he's basically brushing it aside. The president said that he didn't think the question over the appropriateness of possible jail time is the biggest question that the House and Senate are facing right now. So psh, 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 psh. just keep your questions away from this topic. We don't need to talk about this. I don't support jail time necessarily, uh, but I do support penalties. <laughs> right. uh, what if you don't pay the fine? Right. So if there's there's fines and then you don't pay it, well then then you're not paying your fair share and we already put people in jail for that. There you go. So he's trying to make it sound like he's Mr. Nicey Nice here and that he would never support putting people in jail for not paying for their system. But Government course, is institutionalized violence. That's all they it's have. It's a monopoly privilege on the use of force. That's right. And it will never be anything different. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training with any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a front sight defensive handgun course plus 30 state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar. And get your free handgun. Go to frontsight.com today. That's F R O N T S I G H T.com. Go to frontsight.com for your training and free handgun. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. 
This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.